Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Investorpreneur, where investors meet entrepreneur. Here we talk about everything investing, everything entrepreneurism, and everything about building businesses. Today I have the treat of being with Karthik Manamozi, the CEO of Rent Moolah. In, in advance to having him, there's so much nuggets that he has shared with me already that I really want to be able to share with all of you here today. Of course, I'm your host, Peter Leung, and I'm a global real estate investor, private equity, business, and angel investor as well. You've probably seen me on videos or on stage working with serial entrepreneurs and investors on building wealth and creating intergenerational wealth. It is my ability to take on advisory roles for businesses, building businesses, scaling them, and be able to build verticals for businesses for its commercial valuation. Let me then tell you about the gentleman I have here. You know what? It was really interesting because I saw so much and I have so much respect for this man, Karthik. He's done so much in his previous businesses where he had so much substantial roles in the tech space. Karthik has been part of $3 billion exits in the past eight years. The man is absolutely impressive. And I'm so thrilled that he's joining me here today as the CEO of Rent Moolah, serving the needs of tenants, property managers, landlords in the real estate modern industry. Welcome, Karthik, to The Investorpreneur. Thank you, Peter. It's my real pleasure and privilege to join you here today. It's really cool. And as a matter of fact, you represent so much. You're good looking. At the same time, you're very special. You've done so much already in the, the work that you have created and how much success you have created. So I want to start off with this. A lot of people already know a lot about you and also Rent Moolah. But can you tell me a little bit what success means to you? You've had so much of it. So hearing it from you would be absolutely a thrill. Yeah, I think it's a great question. And the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that question is the quote from Sir Winston Churchill. Success is not final and failure is not fatal. It is the courage to keep moving forward that counts. And to me, it's always been about the journey. Over the last 20 years where I've been part of the tech industry, it's about finding that problems that you can solve. And that is very important. And that's what differentiates winners from losers, in my opinion. And, and you, of course, you need the timing, a little bit of luck, but there is no substitute for passion, hard work, and dedication. Those things are very important. One of the things I like to share, Peter, is I, I tell people my career started in crisis. In 2001, when I just came out of college, you know what happened then, the dot-com bust. And that's when I started my career. And my first major role in Europe, well, I was the managing director for UK and Ireland for SAP, right. the world's largest ERP provider. And I was asked to manage and turn around the UK mid-market business during 2008 financial crisis. And perfect timing, was, right? Perfect timing. Yeah, well, perfect timing. Could not have. It was heart wrenching to see those uh, mom and pop shops go out, and that kind of taught me the importance of liquidity and access to cash. So that's the difference between large companies and small companies. And I, I saw the horror of the Main Street losing 20,000 jobs either side of Christmas. Had a profound impact on me as a leader and as an individual. And now I take my first role as a CEO and four months in, actually three months in, we are hit with one of the, the most profound and impactful health crisis and economic crisis. So what I've learned is these situations that we find ourselves in also provide us an opportunity. So we find that we are walking past several problems all the time and turning a blind eye and a shakeup like this allows you to focus on you know, what is really important in life for your family, for your friends, for your community, and for the society in general. And winners are made when you can step up and do your bid for the community. 
it's easy to overlook the fact that some of the most valuable and wealthy corporations uh, in the world today were created during crisis. And that is one thing that will always stick with me. That is, that is a awesome definition of success my friend you've you've seen all this you've seen the crisis and actually we say this right crises are opportunities and it's really a, a point where we can actually make things happen so tell us a little bit about rent mula solving so much you've shared a, a complete vision as to getting in the role of the ceo but can you first share with us what is the problem that rent mula is solving in the marketplace that's a great question, Peter. So the number one thing that stuck me about this market, and, and remember, I've worked with real estate as a vertical, but has never been in this vertical 100%. And sometimes that gives you a different perspective. You, you look at it, the problem from outside, and I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay, there are 50 million renters, US and Canada, and rent happens to be one of the most non-cyclical business, as recession-proof as anything can get. You, got, you have to pay your rent 12 times a year, so on and so forth. And I see half a trillion transacted in rental payments and utility payments in the US and Canada. And it's done without any sophisticated financial infrastructure. Now, let me clarify that. Now, if you're talking about convenience for payments and allowing the renters to pay money in different ways, yeah, that's available. But that's just sharing the pie. How about growing the pie? How about bringing what we take for granted on the e-commerce site which is interest-free financing and a revolving line of credit, checkout and point of sale credit. So we did not have a liquidity solution per se for the renters to cover what is probably the largest spend item every month. And they have to spend that money every month. Um, so it, it just was baffling to me that the only option for these tenants was to actually do conventional borrowing based on credit score, prime, subprime. And they had some convenience when it comes to credit cards, but we know what happens with credit cards 30, 45 days in. So I was obsessed with finding a single click, checkout, point of sale, actually additional liquidity that does not just rely on your credit score, alternate, mm -hmm. data-based. What about your financial history? What about other things? It goes to the fact of really understanding if credit score is in fact a great indicator of your credit worthiness. There, there can be arguments made against it. For starters, credit score, it's feared that one in five has a mistake in the US. And it can work against you if you had a couple of adverse events in your life or if you are a new immigrant coming into a country. And it is a, it's a snapshot of your financial health that people use for making spot decisions. However, for an ongoing concern, there are other things that can define credit worthiness, right? I grew up in India and I talk about how my father, we're from a comfortable middle-class family, but education, like in the US, is very expensive in India. And my dad had to borrow without security. So he can't go to banks. So we had to borrow from friends and family. The motivation for him to pay back is more social. Yes. Right. It's discipline, social. So, and that's exactly what data can tell you. What's your connections? Who are you talking to? Do you care about the society you're in? If you're a small business owner operating a shop, so those things matter. So bringing in data to determine credit worthiness is one of the areas that we're trying to do. So that is where the journey started for me. Everything else. Great. We can give a complete tenant experience, but the real problem is, can I create options? Can I create flexibility for the tenants? And the background for that, people look at it from a COVID glasses, but the problem existed way before COVID started, right? 78% of Americans, 53% of Canadians were living paycheck to paycheck. A small jolt 
to their monthly routine could send them into financial spiral. It's feared that over 40% of Americans cannot uh, withstand a $400 unexpected spend in any given month. And that was before COVID. COVID made it worse. And there are forbearance measures that will soften the blow. It's questionable how far it will go. But we are still going to be left with the same problems as before. So it's very important um, to have those options, to have those flexibility for the tenants. And that's what we have been obsessed with, giving the option of liquidity, the difference between day and night they enjoy. The reason why they successfully overcome crisis after crisis is that access to liquidity. So if you're a tenant having line of credit, having liquidity, if you are a landlord, your ability to borrow based on your revenue producing asset, your rental unit, working capital. So these are the angles that we brought in and to, to create the flexibility for both the landlord and the tenants. That is incredible. When I first learned about Remula, I'm like, hey, how is this a tech company? It's, you're solving a very traditional problem where checks and cash were transacted to something that was significantly modernized. And so that's what you're sharing. It's not just the vision of having payment. It's all the flexibilities about how you can service the landlord, other verticals that you can help the landlord, and also vice versa, help the tenant to ensure not only rent is transacted, but so much more is being done. That is pretty incredible. Karthik, tell me this, as the CEO is Rentmula, right? So what is, what's your path that you're seeing? What's your vision here? You see now the COVID crisis now, of course, with the pandemic, and, and now we're getting talking about now post-pandemic, about so much of billions of dollars or trillions of dollars are now being spent in terms of recovery bills and everything else like that. Where are you? What's your site set on? I mean, you come from a tech background. So first and foremost, do you see this as a Remula as a strictly a tech play? You mentioned a lot of keywords like AI or even data, right? So yeah. what what's your vision here? We'd love to share the vision of Rent Moolah here? It's a great question, Peter, because that's often lost in the wave of thought and process because ideas and strategy doesn't happen, never happens in vacuum. So the first and foremost thing for all of us to understand, that's where I start, that's my starting point, is understand your users. Who are they at their highest aspiration? Who are they at their deepest despair? Do we feel compassion towards them? Do we understand their world? Can we see the world through their eyes? That is where I start. And I have two major stakeholders. I want to start with the easy one, the landlords. Often maligned because when people think landlord, they think very large corporation, big you know, holding company. Here's the, the harsh reality. Most of middle-class America and lower middle-class America have their wealth tied to a property. Most of ultra-rich in the US have their wealth tied to stock market. So we are talking a lot of common people here, 100 million plus single homes, 12 millions of them are, are rented. And it, a lot of reasons for that. So let's talk about the landlord. What's most important to them? In many cases, the rent they collect feeds their mortgage, takes care of their expenses. So it's imperative to make sure that their, their cash management is spot on. They're able to collect on time so that they can make the mortgage payment on time. So we call that revenue lifecycle management. Very critical. So mm -hmm. your ability to forecast and to collect and match, it's going to be very important. That's the number one thing. Number two, any disruption to that renter landlord cycle is going to be fatal in many cases for these landlords. So what we focus on risk mitigation, it starts with your ability to market your property wide using listing and other services, having a comprehensive tenant screening function. So we're not just talking, let's do credit, let's do criminal checks. We are talking more sophisticated 360 degree view of the tenant, including bank account analysis, income side, 
our analysis, looking at data from other platforms like PayPal and our own proprietary data on Renmula, which happens to have processed over 2 billion in rent over the last two to three years in over 2 million transactions. So we have this data that we use to give a, a predictable picture of what the tenant is going to, to react uh, how they're going to behave once they're in the property. And then comes other things like rental insurance to protect the property and so on. And then comes the importance of analytics and reporting for the landlord to have a unified view of what's going on in their portfolio. And we focus on things that are important for the landlord, like what is their cap rate? What is the overall value of their holding? In fact, in some cases, for other services, we figure out a rev share program with the landlords as well to get them more involved in the rollout and adoption of the platform. And last but not the least, working capital. This is very similar to how Squire Cash has exploded in the market. Mm. So small and medium businesses where the loans between $100 to $5,000 for small and medium businesses, you know, boutique shops and uh, coffee shops and so on, that's exploded. Square Cash is making many entrepreneurs' life easy and so is PayPal for that matter. Right. So we are bringing the same convenience, fixed interest, 24-month loan, and you can borrow against your asset, your rental property. And this, is, this product is currently being incorporated. We anticipate it will be released the second half of this year. So all of this for the landlords, right? Now let's start about the tenants. The tenant are not a monolithic group of people. 43 million in the US, and they come from different socioeconomic background. And 20% of US consumers are either underbanked or outside the banking system. You got to keep that in the back of your mind. And they are very diverse in terms of age groups, millennials, Gen Zs, Gen X, and uh, boomers. So there's a, a whole fabric of diversity that's intertwined in this community. And what that brings is different level of technical capability. Some people are not comfortable with technology. Right. Some people are extremely comfortable with technology. So when you're designing a solution, you need to understand who you're helping. Is it the student housing or is it the senior living? Is it the midterm rental? Is it a long-term rental? Is it mobile home uh, and parks or is it a commercial building? So what we try to do is how can we be the one-stop platform, a comprehensive and compulsive system of engagement that can really help these consumers, in our case tenants, take complete control of their finances. And what does it entail? It's often the knowledge gap. Knowledge is asymmetric in today's, uh, today's market. So depending on your tech ability, you may or may not have what it requires to take control of your finances. So the way we're tackling that is by creating a simpler platform and engaging user interface and, and by thinking about the customer journey, right? On our platform, a tenant starts by searching for an apartment they wanna to apply to. So we will be announcing a major partnership with players like Zillow, where apartment listing would be a feature available for landlords. Once they find an apartment, they make an application. We put them through the tenant screening, push them to the front of the line. And then we ask them, do you actually have a rental insurance? If you have one, just upload proof. If you don't have one, you can buy one on our platform in under two minutes. Wow. A few clicks uh, for in Canada, we have a partner, New Era. In the US, we have a partner, it's a Fortune 300 company. A few clicks, you get your insurance done. You're protecting both the landlord and the tenant here. And then we ask them, particularly in the US, where the cash advances for security deposit is such a big burden for a lot of the ordinary families, because liquidity is key, right? Mm -hmm. Asking them to put up one to two month rent uh, in cash and having to manage it could be a big problem. So we tell them, here is an alternative to security deposit. For 10% of the value of your deposit, we can issue you a bond 
and the bond covers the value of the security deposit. The landlord's happy because all it takes is an insurance claim and the insurance deals with the recovery. And anytime the damage is higher than the coverage, they also have recovery services that the insurance provides. So the landlord can continue to focus on building his relationship and a true community with his tenants uh, while his risks are being mitigated here. And then comes the most important aspect, payments. Now here we have to think about, we have a very diverse renter population to take care of. The only time, the only time payments help is when you have 70, 80% of your renters paying using the same platform. Here's why. You collect rent through the month and you collect rent every month. Mm-hmm. So the amount of manual intervention, particularly uh, challenging during time of COVID where you can't staff your front office, can throw you off. So here's where we come in. We do integrations into your systems of record. We take the manual interaction to zero and we are pulling data and writing data from your systems and it's fully automated, the reconciliation. So this helps the landlord. From a tenant's perspective, we're giving them all the options. You prefer to pay by bank account? Yeah, you can do it. Credit card, debit card, got you covered. You are, from, you are a student from China and you like to use Union Pay, got you covered. Apple Pay, WeChat Pay, all the options you can think of. Now, if you're one of those people who still prefer cash and now you are stumped because your front office is no longer staffed, here's a new solution. We just released on Monday. You can walk into any retail location in the US, 65,000 of them, and we guarantee there is one within 15 minutes drive, regardless of you are in Alaska or Alabama. And you can walk in with cash. All it takes is we send you a text message with a QR code, a barcode, and you walk into any point of sale, CVS, Walmart, Walgreens, Dollar General, any one of the 65,000 stores. They scan it and you pay cash over counter and the whole transaction reconciles as though you made an online payment. So this is in cash. That's exploding right now. People prefer cash for in-store and cash on delivery. So creating that option also helps the 20% underbanked and unbanked consumer who's thinking about it. If you're still wary of getting a text message with a QR code, well, we got it even more simple for you. We give you a card with a barcode already on it. All you need to do is scan the barcode and, and still pay, and you don't even have to touch technology. And that's the convenience we bring. And now what if you still love checks? So we have a processing lockbox now. So you can either scan the check on site or do a e-transfer, or you can actually send your check to a physical box. And we manage it for the landlord and we get everything reconciled and not to mention the digital wallet. And these are just the payment options. Now, what if you needed a little bit of help on the liquidity side? So the way it works is, imagine your experience on an Amazon. You put your shopping things into your cart, you check out and you leave, single click. That's what made Amazon great. So we are bringing the same convenience on a rental platform. You take your rent and utilities on a shopping cart, you check out, and there is this button that says credit, access credit. You click on that button, 30 second application, 60 second decision, 15 seconds, the money is directly transferred to the landlord's bank account. And this is a six month interest-free revolving line of credit, a line between $124,000. And here's the kicker. Not only is it, it is a revolver for ordinary consumer, it's not based off of credit score. It's based off of data. It's based off of your PayPal history, your financial data. And, and so people who are normally excluded from the traditional prime subprime institutional lending can still benefit now because there are 200 million PayPal users, including Venmo in the US and 10 million in Canada. So we can make that available. And then we also have the industry's first rent now pay later. 
So in this case, you can click and uh, immediately the money transfers and the renter gets four installments, equal installments, two weeks apart. So if you're trying to balance out, it's a small payment, you're balancing out for your next paycheck, you can do that on the platform because you pay right away and then you get six weeks to pay back. The first installment is taken at the time and then two weeks apart, you get three other installments. So you're, you're literally telling, like <laughs> this is music to my ears as a landlord because now you're solving the problem. Essentially what problem you're solving, I, I think I got it. You're solving the headaches that landlords have when they get a bounce check. They're getting that headache as to expecting that payment. When are they gonna pay? How are they gonna pay? Are they gonna be able to pay? That is brilliant. That's the problem you are solving for so many landlords all over the world, just because of that one thing, because so much of their financial livelihood is based upon this one significant asset class that they have, which is the, the investment property. So I wanna ask this. When you joined the organization, that wasn't all there. So walk me through this one thing, like share with us what goes on in that brilliant mind and the team that you put together. How do you come up with ideas? Did you just sit there and go, oh, hey, you know what? I've got this. So you didn't come from the investment, uh, you know, real estate industry. You come from the tech space. So how did you brainstorm this? What was there a process? Because man, that is brilliant stuff you got there. That's, that's a great question, Peter. I, I think you, you always count on your life experiences to, to come up with ideas. Because what happens when you grow up in a country like India is blessed with a lot of resources. It's a very tight-knit social society. And what you go by is there is more trust and compassion with people. So you, you look at a person and you don't judge a person. That's important. Your financial capability does not define you who you are as a person. The one thing that stuck me mostly in the Western world, it's not a criticism, it's just an observation because I'm, I'm a welcome guest here. I love living in the US. Is that the equivalency, the false equivalency. If someone is unable to make their rental payment, they're somehow fiscally irresponsible. They're somehow a, a failure who can't take control of their finances. Harsh reality because there are people who are working extremely hard they can't catch a break. And the society, I think that the society could do really well with a lot of compassion, with a lot of understanding. But that's my point. So yeah, the basis is do not equate someone's ability to pay with their willingness to pay. That's never true. So that's the starting point. The second experience I've had is, is the sufferings I've seen through the crisis. The dot-com bust mostly affected tech sector, but also a lot of the ordinary people who put money in stock market, they did, did feel the pinch there. Uh, 2008 financial crisis, uh, we know how it impacted everything, including housing industry and so on. And a big part of my early career, I was working with Fortune 5000 companies. And I look at them and, and they actually have a recession-proof execution. And the key reason for that is they have access to liquidity. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, the difference between winners and losers, it, it, it's millimeters. If you have enough cash to see through the day, you get a second chance at life. And right. that was the driving factor. When I came in and the first thing I did is, obviously I like to win. So then I looked and said, okay, if I want to be in the real estate industry and work for Renmula, I don't want to be another also rants. What is it that I can do that differentiates me from rest of the, the market? And the market was pretty much obsessed with accounting, CRM, marketing, property management. And they were just walking past the problem that is haunting 78% of Americans and 53% of Canadians, where one in three households are renting, which is, what about a rainy day support? People don't borrow all the time, but they have to borrow during critical times. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we saw when the government shut down in the US, 
800,000 government employees were not able to access their paycheck for two months. It's the money that they deserve for the work that they did. And the government shut down. It's not a political statement. I'm just saying that's the ground reality. Right. And, and I'm looking at it and going, okay, why are these people hardworking still have to go to food banks when there's money owed to them? So I don't see my solution as a distress thing. That's not the way to work. You can't, it's not a silver bullet. I look at it as a convenience, providing a second chance because our family was one. We needed the second shot when I had to go into college and my sister had to go into college. So we had to take drastic steps so we could stay in school. And I wouldn't be here without that sacrifice. It's that opportunity that I believe eight in 10 families deserve in the US to, to have a second shot. That's all it is. So uh, the impact of things like evictions, evictions can quickly skyrocket homelessness. Yes. Let's not forget, it's very hard to come back when you don't have a roof over your head. So that was the inspiration for me. So why can't we bring the convenience that a lot of these large companies take for granted to the mid-sized landlords? to individual landlords, single landlords, smaller multifamily owners, duplex owners. Why can't we bring the same benefit to the tenants? Now, come to think of it, a six-month interest-free line of credit is a viable alternative to your credit card. Yes, That's exactly what you're doing, except that you don't run into huge interest 30 days, 45 days in. Yeah. And so that's one of the inspiration. The third piece for me is quite simply, I have parents and I've seen them struggle with most of technology while they don't struggle with booking on Airbnb and, and booking an Uber. So it's technology is the great leveler. So if we can create an engaging, simplified user interface that can help people overcome the difficulties that the phobia that you're stuck with. I've seen sometimes when you're trying to help your parents over the phone, you feel that discomfort, right? They feel like, oh, I'm not, I need to get better at this. So why not level the field? Instead of that, we know all these great things can help you, like the alternative to security deposit. You know, if you don't have to take $5,000 out of your bank account and do it with a simple bond, why wouldn't you do that? Because that cash is more valuable than your bank account today. What about renter insurance? What about all of these things? So what we've decided to do is simplify consumption on our platform. And way to do that is a simple, intuitive user interface and multiple ways to access it. So we're also very big on pay by text. So just get a text message, the barcode on it, and with the, all the locations uh, nearby, you can click on the location, walk into. So you can pay by cash on retail, but you can also pay by any other method. So small things go a long way. You're actually impacting people's life big time. And that is what you know, keeps me going. It's a mission and I have a great team around me. But the fact that if I could even help somebody go through this, it's just trying to bring compassion to the table. I think that's the key to success. Uh, I, brilliant answer, man. Brilliant answer. Because you, I can feel it. I can feel your passion. I can feel this is important to you and it's important to your team. And I think that's when you told me about payment by tech as a landlord and many of us listeners here have many property. One of the biggest things is they're collecting rent. And, and when they collect rent, they have a lot of people who are not necessarily affluent in terms of technology. And I remember going back to my days, my father was always saying, no, I'm never going to use a phone. I'm never going to use an iPhone, I'm never going to use these things. And uh, little, little did I know he was asking for my iPad. He was like, hey, whenever you're done with that, can I have it? They always want to adopt. And some people can adopt and some people may not be as eager to adopt because of their circumstances or because of their, their willingness or interest in technology. But you, yeah. that's the important thing. Even though you're in the tech space, you've made these solutions so simple, right? Like 
even as simple as no, no, don't worry about the QR code because there's still technology there. What if I gave you a card? And I'm like, man, I can't believe that you've covered 360 degrees. So yeah. that yeah. is something that I think is brilliant. A lot of entrepreneurs that are also listening here would really see it. It, it. You didn't just do one vertical and then just did the technology, which you want to be, but you went all the way around going, yeah, we can go from high tech to mid tech to low tech or no tech for that matter. And you can still be on your platform and be able to unify that for landlords because no landlord wants to go, well, I've got five people paying this platform, two paying that yeah. one. It's troubling. So that's brilliant, Karthik. So here, here, here's the next thing. You, you obviously didn't do this by yourself, right? You assembled, you got started as the CEO. And then from there, can you tell us how you built your team around you to be able to see your vision, to be able to support and into the community of what you're trying to build? Because obviously you've gone won, won a lot of awards too. We'll get there. How did you build the team around you to be able to unify to your vision and it was it just your vision or how did this whole team building thing go? You've done tremendous things to improve the performance of the company. So can you share with us here how you were able to assemble your team and how did you get them to unify on that vision that you just shared with us here? That, that's a great question, Peter, because a man with a vision without a team behind him is just a lone man walking right? So <laughs> you really need people behind you to make things happen. The, the important thing I want to touch off is, yes, we did think about 360 degree and everything happening, but the price of getting this right, the satisfaction of the journey, the mission is very profound. It's got a deeper meaning to it, right? So once you've had the $3 billion exist in the last eight years, you're always thinking like, what's next, right? So you needed something that, that, that wakes you up in the morning, gets you focused, keeps you moving. And it's not the money in your bank account. It's the mission that you're pursuing. And the one thing that, that I would like to say is the price of getting this right is very satisfying. Because yes. it means that because of the people's capabilities around technology, there is a direct impact on their standard of living. Just let that sink in. If you're comfortable with technology and you know where to access data, you have a vastly different life, a quality of life, compared to if you don't know about this. So the work of fintechs like us is to simplify that. So that's where we start. Now then, once you start to pull the, the pieces together, one of the things that strikes you immediately is what brought the company to where it was is probably not going to help to take the company to the next level. And you have to be honest about that. You have to look at it. So when we started assembling our team, there is aspiration, there is a great vision, but there is also ground reality. How do you let, ask people, qualified, talented, passionate people to join you in your mission? So this is where what we decided to do is that we agreed that the diversity of our team should reflect the diversity of the market we serve. And I'm a big proponent of Moneyball candidates. I'll tell you why. Not everybody gets the same treatment. It's not a, a social statement. There's 7, 8 billion people. I grew up in India, 1.3 billion people. Competition is the essence of survival. I, I don't look at it either way. These are the variables. You have to work around it. What I look for is who are the undervalued candidates in the market? So who are people with passion, with dedication, with capability, with intent, but they never had a chance to develop their skill because they were not put in complex situations. You can practice all you want in the nets. You cannot simulate a game situation. The type of pressure, the crowd cheering, and you get in, and, and that adrenaline rush due to the ability to think clearly under pressure, that, that takes a very different kind of candidate. So 
when we started hiring, we, we said, okay, what's our culture? Are you kidding me? I just started last month. There is no culture. We're going to build it. And the team we bring in is going to build a culture. But we have some guiding lights and, and looked around customer obsession. You need to be maniacal about what your customers want, thinking about them, inventing for them, personalizing for them, listening to them. That's critical for me. Number two, trust. Without trust, you got nothing going. I have to build trust with my team, my customers, my investors, everybody. So trust comes, everything else follows, right? Ability to be part of a championship team, very critical. That does not mean we're all going to be nice to each other. I push them hard. They push me hard. This is the beauty of championship team. Mm. They don't strive to be liked. They strive to be respected by each other. And it's about really getting that next uncomfortable level. You have to keep a little bit of that positive chaos, positive tension in the team. And and here's the, here's the, the payback on that one. If you win a championship, remember any great team that won a World Cup or a championship, they are united for life. They'll have reunions 30 years from now, 40 years from now. But I can tell you the process would not have been simple. Just rediscovering yourself, putting yourself in, in uncomfortable positions, able to give and get feedback. The important thing about feedback, you have to be direct, but you also have to care, right? About the people that are giving feedback to. And, and I can tell you, I've had a lot of missteps there through my career. I'm learning as well, but the heart and mind is in the right place. So we focus on getting these together. And then we talk about thinking big, thinking bold, thinking details. That's the important thing. Mm. And, and it's, it's good to have a thousand ideas, but can you make one stick? That's the real question. And I like people who take the chances and we promote failure. And it's very easy to say, oh, yes, everybody has to fail. No, it has to be a method to your failure. If you fail first, fail fast, fail cheap, never repeat the mistakes again. That's critical for me. Learn from it. Don't go all in. No, you can't do everything at once. Know your portfolio. 40% things you already know will work. Scale them, in, institutionalize them, industrialize them. Great. Take more risk in the next 40% of your portfolio. And then take a seat at the table in Vegas for the last 20. So the last 20, you have to fail eight times out of 10. If not, you're not pushing hard enough. So this combination is critical. And then accountability. Anyone in my team will tell you, I, I'm not the one to sit and listen. Hey, if only A had done this, B had done that, C has done, this would be a success. No, they're all responsible, but you are accountable, my friend, right? Taking accountability. And as a leader, it makes me comfortable when they come and say, you know what, Karthik, I tried, I failed. Here's why I failed. That gives me like a, a, you know, a comfort level that this person has analyzed. Oftentimes when, when people screw up, everybody sees it. It's not like you're hiding. So what comes out of your mouth matters. Are you honorable? Are you taking... The, the, the high road and telling them, I tried it with the best of intentions. Guess what? I screwed up plenty of times in my life, but it's important to stay grounded. It's the idea. It's not you. And we have to we get there. Those things are very important. And so these things uh, matter to me. And last but not the least, be frugal because resources are never in full supply, which, whichever size you are. So know where to overextend yourself. So cut down on other areas. So those are the six things. And what we ended up doing, Peter, is amazing. We went out and we look for those undervalued candidates. Uh, we look for those moneyball candidates, extraordinary talent without an opportunity to shine. And we ended up building a world-class team. With We have one of the most diverse teams. We are pushing around 50 employees. We speak 33 languages between us. Wow. And, and 40% of our employees are female. Half my leadership team is female. And uh, five out of seven employees are visible minority. Now, we didn't search for it. We didn't go that way. But turns out, if you're looking for moneyball candidates, 
this, the system does it for you. Mm. <laughs> there are so many people, great talent that you can bring on board, that you can bind with your mission. And that's how we build the team. And, and we are one of the most diverse team, not because we had a great recruitment policy of allocation. It's just the way we think. It's a way of life for us. We just think, what can this person bring? What is the talent that is waiting to shine through? And obviously, economics is a constraint, right? Why would I price a resource for the work they did for other companies? So I want to price someone for the work they did for me. And it turns out you take care of them and, and, and you bring them in and you support them. It works out most of the time. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But then you should have, I think, the courage to tell them, we tried. Maybe it's not the right place for you. And we wish you the very best and we'll remain friends. Simple as that. But that's the courage that it takes. You, you, you can't get everything right, but you just have to get most of your decisions. That's what I focus on. Great answers. Well, Karthik, you shared so many nuggets up to this point in time. And there's two other questions. I really got a lot of people really want this from this podcast, hearing from you. You work with not only the stakeholders, like you say, from the investors of the tenants, the landlords, but you also have that vertical of, of investors. You've obviously been able to significantly raise the bar. You've been blessed with the, the team, you've been able to enlighten the vision and lead the way. You've raised the value of the company. What approach did you take? Okay, so now I'm going, okay, these are the stakeholders. I've got to work with investors, right? Investors are, are, are from most cases, money-driven. They want to be able to see their resources compound. How did you take that approach? Obviously, you've implemented a lot of things, but how yeah. were you able to do that? Is there any process or any approach that you can share with us today? I, I, I rely heavily on my experience here, Peter, and, and you are what you've seen in your life, right? I've traveled to over 73 countries, had the benefit of working for a big company like SAP, managing multiple markets. My first executive role was when I was 23 years old, and I, I was asked to fly in and take care of SAP Hungary and then SAP Sweden. So my entire brand in SAP was turnaround management. So they would float me in I'd have anywhere between six months to a year to turn the business around. And that's what I do. So what happens is number one, trust. And you have stakeholders. There are different stakeholders in a public company in, in compared to a private company, but they're all people and they wanted the best in you. They believed in what the company stands for. They put money in the company. So build trust. And it does not mean you have to always paint a rosy picture. I think you have to be practical. You have to tell them that this is hard work and, and be transparent. And there is, the truth is the most undervalued asset. When it comes to relationship, whatever is the bad news, don't surprise them. I think you have to tell it right out and say, here's what I'm trying. No one has all the answers. I'm doing my very best. Acknowledge what went wrong in the past and tell them you're working to improve it. And honestly, try to improve it because talk is cheap. Action speaks more. So yeah. the first thing I did was to set up a quarterly investor update. And that was important. And I just don't cover where the business is. I, co I will cover the macros. I tell them, uh, folks, Here's what's happening. And I see here are the major market trends. Here are the things that are, could work for us, the things that cannot work for us. Here's what we are doing. And here's why we think it's the best chance of delivering value for the business. And at some point, you hope that you do this honestly day in, day out. Yes. And you have to live it. And you hope that the investors and everybody else sees it and they start to build trust in you. Trust is a process. A couple of sessions, webinars doesn't help you get there. People judge you over a period of time. 
right? They judge you over what you performed, not on potential until they know you well. So that's important. I think keeping it straightforward and, and just giving them a realistic picture. And the challenge can be when they're not too much into technology that, that can throw them off. And obviously I have a lot of respect. Different in, investors have different timeframes mm. for exit and they might have come in. So it's a question of really investor relationship management for me. And you just give them day after day with true intent, true honesty, and true honor what is happening in the business, how you're trying to move this forward, paint a picture. I, I always give my forecast in three numbers. I tell them, here's my best case, which means when everything goes, here's where the company will land. And here is my worst case. If everything goes wrong, here's where it'll land. But the truth is always in the middle. And here's my forecast. So this is my real case with the, the issues like the risk built in. And oftentimes, having done this for two decades, I really know that you don't hold all the factors. You don't perform in vacuum. So the best shot you have is transparency. And that's what I focus on with my investors. Wow. So seriously, you talk about trust, you talk about transparency, you talk about the integrity. And I think that is really heartfelt in just the, the short time that we've spent here today, Karthik. So in closing, for the, all those people listening all around the world here that are investors, entrepreneurs, real estate developers, management. Can you share with us after this podcast, this interview today, what would you like the listeners to remember of Rent Moolah from this day forward? Yeah, I, I think what I would say is we are here with a mission and our mission is to simplify technology. We really want to empower our consumers, be it the tenant or the landlords, to really take complete control of their finances. And we do that by providing a simple, integrated and uh, fully secure system. And we do that through a diverse ecosystem of partners. So think of Renmula, think of the all-inclusive ultimate retail store. It is the ultimate system of engagement. So we are not in the business of each and everything that we stock, but we, we try to find out what is valuable for you. Do you like Coca-Cola? Do you like, what do you like and I'm going to do everything possible because we rely heavily on partnerships to make sure that the shelves are stocked with the product you need. So that is generally what I'll tell you. So this is your system of engagement. We want to help you regardless of what your situation is. So that's what we stand for. And generally what I would say is always look at the bright side of things. However gloomy the situation might look, it, there is definitely light at the end of the tunnel. And for other fintechs trying to look at opportunities, the opportunities are the areas where everybody walks past. The problems are right in front of your eyes. So do that extra bit to, to just question simple things. And next time you meet a person, try to look at them in a, in a very compassionate sense. And it was, it's not a condescending statement. It just comes from my heart. Any person, any situation, there may be a different reality. And it's not just good to be a compassionate human being. It's also a great business opportunity as an entrepreneur. And that's how fortunes are made. Wow. I don't know about anybody else, but I certainly took a lot away from what you shared, your wisdom of all the, the businesses, all your experience. You've been able to encapsulate your experience with years of turnaround businesses, of you know businesses that you were able to involve with and, and people that were in your lives to be able to 
to bring to this very day where you're the CEO of Rentmoola, where you can implement and make all these things possible. I think every one of us has so much to learn from you. Karthik, congratulations for your recent success. And I look forward to many more of your successes, to hearing those stories and bringing you back so you can share about the excitement of where you're going to be able to go, not just in, in USA and Canada, but all across the world with your dreams and your endeavors with your team to be able to do that. So congratulations and thank you so much, Karthik, for being here with us today. Thank you, Peter. I also want to thank you for the service you do here, giving voice to entrepreneurs like me and also helping a whole community of people to be inspired, to get new ideas, to really rethink everything they do on an everyday basis. So I just want to commend you for your service and congratulations, uh, Peter, on all your success as well. Thank you very much, Karthik. And guys, Go out there, just like Karthik, making it happen. Learn from all the nuggets that he shared. He's dropped many of those here today. So guys, have a great day. Karthik, thank you again. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone.